1: Get IXL now and listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash audio. Visit IXL.com slash audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price.
2: Hello and welcome in to the fog.net podcast. My name is Michael Swain, the Kansas beat writer for 24 seven sports. We've got a little bit of a a basketball centric podcast coming your way during the KU football bye week I am joined by Eric Bossy, who is the basketball guru and recruiting guru for 24-7 sports. Eric, thanks a bunch for jumping on with us today.
3: Hey, appreciate you having me. Sorry, I'm trying to get my background comfortable and my hat seems to be a little askew today. So pardon me if I'm a little fidgety for a little bit.
2: Oh, it's all good. Keep it casual here. It's not super formal, but we're going to talk today about some of the key basketball freshmen and then some Kansas basketball recruiting at the end. Um Obviously, Kansas signed you know, four high school recruits and then added Kevin McCullough through the transfer portal. Um, I want to start – we'll go in-depth with all of them, but I want to start with something you wrote this week on the website about Grady Dick. Um, if you go to the story, it's on the fog.net uh, front page. It's basically you know, five-star factors, ten highly-touted freshmen who will need to produce in 2022 23. Eric, you picked Grady Dick. I've got it here for the YouTube audience. They can they can read what you wrote. But I guess for those that maybe aren't super familiar with Grady, um, what exactly is kind of his game, and, and why is he someone that you're kind of tabbing as, hey, this is a guy that needs to come in and produce from day one?
3: I'll tackle the, the, the second part of that with why he needs to produce from day mm-hmm. one. I think you look at this Kansas team, and a big question is where is the shooting going to come from, right? Um, you hope Jalen Wilson will – be a little bit more consistent because obviously he's proven that he can shoot some, but the percentages maybe aren't what you're hoping for, (laughs) for a, for a zone buster or a guy who's going to stretch the floor. Um, You know, with Grady, you're talking about someone that had always been kind of a scorer in high school, but his senior year, he really became a much more consistent shooter at sunrise Mm -hmm. Christian and you're hoping that he can translate a little bit of that to Kansas because they do need someone that they can rely upon consistently to stretch the floor. And obviously, with uh, Osh and, and CB gone, there's a big hole there in the lineup, right? You know, presumably Kevin McCullough is going to fill a lot of those minutes, but I wouldn't really classify him as a shooter either. So there's a lot of minutes to be had. And I think Grady lines up as the guy who's most ready and most capable of stepping up and, and taking a lot of those minutes. And, you know, I, is he going to come in and shoot 50% from three um, like he shot in the neighborhood of his senior year? No, I don't think that's a reasonable expectation. But if you can get him somewhere between, say, 36 and 40%, then that solves a lot of problems for Kansas this year and, and presents a lot of difficulties for defenses looking to stop them.
2: Yeah, and Bill Selva's come out and raved – about Grady's shooting ability you know he spent probably a good four or five minutes talking about it at Big 12 media days where I think the thing that Self was maybe most impressed by was his short memory where you know Grady's a confident guy and even if he misses a shot it's very quickly on to the next shot and I think that's something you see more from someone like Ochai as a senior rather than Ochai as a freshman so for him to be that young and maybe the life experiences of playing at sunrise and with USA basketball and doing the different things that he's done in his career, maybe that helps. But I thought it was very interesting that Self kind of went out of his way to really rave about Grady's shooting ability. I guess, Eric, when you look at the rest of his game, I guess, where do you feel like things are at for him? You know, he's a little bit on the leaner side. Bill Self talked about some of the mental mistakes maybe that happen when you are someone as confident as Grady. He gave an example of during practice, you know, got trapped and tried to dribble between his legs to get through the eyes. I think those are things that probably don't work when you're playing against Texas or Texas tech in the big 12. So for you watching him in high school and I guess just what you know about him, where do you feel like the rest of his game is at? And what are some of the things that if you watch much Kansas, you'll be looking for this year?
3: Yeah. It's funny. Cause Bill brings up something kind of interesting with like, he has the ability to move from one play to the other, um, which is a good thing, but sometimes you list you wish there was a little bit of uh, maybe thinking back on some things that have, mm. that have caused you troubles or you've been mistaken and, and having them bug you and carry them for a little bit so that you don't make those mistakes down the road. you know um, so you got to be careful it's it's a fine line between confidence and being. Too forgetful things bad that happened in the past, you know? So if, if you get where I'm coming from on that. So with yeah. Grady, I think it's good that he can move on from things, but also sometimes he does need to take a little more stock of some things that went poorly and, and remember them a little bit better and, and learn from them a little more. So that's going to be key for him. I do think he's one. It's funny because we're talking about him as a shooter, but, kind of when he was coming up his thing was he was a guy who was known to be able to you know dance with the ball a little bit put it on the floor make some things happen that's one of the things I think that is intriguing about Grady is that he can put it on the floor now putting on the floor in high school like you say versus putting on the floor in college is a much different thing but I think as he adjusts to the speed of the game the size of those around him the physicality I think you'll see him put it on the a floor a little bit more. And if he's, if he's knocking them down from outside at a good clip, now you become really dangerous because when defenders come closing out on him and he can hit him with a shot, fake and put it on the floor and make something happen. When he starts to get to that part of his game, I think you're going to really see what he's
2: all about. Mm, definitely. And I think for me, when I look at, Grady, this year, I think the defensive fit is going to be really interesting because I think you mentioned it off the top there, right? That you know, McCullough is going to play a lot, and you know, Dewan Harris is going to play a lot. Those are two really good guards, um, in terms of on ball defending, off ball defending. You got Jalen Wilson that'll probably play the four. I think for me, defensively, I'm very interested to see how Grady does guarding some of the other kind of three and wing types in the Big 12 because you look at him and he's got kind of the the frame and athleticism that you like to see. Um, I'm curious to see how he does in terms of the scouting report, um, things like that. They may be on a bill self team, you know, it maybe takes a little bit for freshmen to get used to. Did Grady get challenged much at sunrise? Did you ever get the chance to watch him against some of the other kind of premier wings in this class? Like, did he really play against those type of guys that much? Or was it mostly, you know, I think about sunrise, I think about like Mark Mitchell and some of the big men, but, did you see him play against a lot of, like, high-caliber wings during his high school career on the defensive yeah, end? So. Yeah,
3: absolutely. You know, Sunrise played as strong a schedule as, as you can play. Um, they are in the, the NIBC, which is got teams like Montverde and um, IMG and Oak Hill and all the, all the national powers. So he was regularly playing against high-level guys, you know, like mm-hmm. the last time I saw him on a high school floor in a real high school game was against link Academy who had um, you know, a pair of all of McDonald's all Americans on the wing and Jordan Walsh and Julian Phillips. So, and a likely McDonald's all American this year in Omaha, Baloo. So, you know, mm-hmm. he, 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 he has played against dudes and I'm, I'm not too concerned about him on the defensive end. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say he's going to be Brandon rush defensively or, or anything like that. But I think he's going to, be able to hold his own and there's going to be mistakes and there's going to be days where self says, God, he sucks at defense and you know, blah, blah, blah. But that, that comes with the territory when you're playing for Bill self. Right. So yeah, I, I don't have too many concerns about him. Um, I think you'll be at least an average, a good defender, which is about all you can ask for, for a freshman. Yeah, exactly. Cool.
2: I, I want to move on. I, I think the next guy we'll hit on here, MJ rice is very fascinating. Um, I think Bill self's messaging on him over the last week or two has been, Interesting. I'll use that word again, where big 12 media days, he talks about, Hey, you know, this is a guy that is very similar to a young Wayne Selvin, similar body frame, athletic ability, and Wayne Selden took some time to adapt. And it sounded like from self's perspective that, Hey, MJ is a guy that might be thinking a little too much right now. You look at the, the resume, right? McDonald's all American, you know, kind of a, on the fringe five-star category. If you look at the composite numbers, at least <laughs> I'm curious from your perspective, Eric, what do you exactly expect from MJ in, in this first season as he adapts to college?
3: Frankly, I think he's a guy who's going to struggle a bit. Mm. Um, physically, he's ready. Um, he has the game, but what he did in high school isn't always going to tra- translate. You know, He was able to play bully ball quite a mm-hmm. bit because he's just so strong and imposing. He could just put his shoulder into the dude and, and get wherever he wanted to go. Um, so that aggression is good, that physicality is good, and that he's ready physically for Big 12 basketball. But things in terms of shot selection, um, running a lot of plays and sets, those aren't necessarily things that he's done a lot of in the past. And Mm. I think there's going to be a pretty big learning curve with some of that stuff. Um, so there's going to be some high highs, but the lows may be low, and I, I can already see him being one of those guys that where the, the the fan base is frustrated, like man, self just won't let this guy go, you know, self won't let this guy do this, do that. But you know, there's there's usually a, a reasoning behind that. You know, I think he's going to be fine. I'm not trying to say like oh this guy's overrated or he's gonna he's gonna stink or anything like that. But I just do see him having some early struggles, and you know, it's going to be about. How does he? How does he get through those things? You know, he is a guy that did attend, you know, three or four high schools and and switch some teams. So, you know, I have found that a lot of times with guys like that, there are some struggles. So now he's in a place. Let's see what's going to happen when he faces a little bit of adversity, and how does he fight through it? Um, you know, he's yeah. he's a really tough kid, so I think he can get through it. Um, he's got a ton of confidence in himself, so that's good and. I do know that the staff really likes him and what he can do down the road once he adjusts to a new role and and, and not just being the man all the time.
2: Yeah, I like to mention his physicality because you look at the, the, the other freshmen that have come in and MJ looks like a, a 21-year-old, a 22-year-old. He doesn't look like a, a freshman in college. And that's something that some of the other players have remarked is that you, know, you mentioned the bully ball aspect of things, right? And During practice, I guess some of the players have seen some of that from him. But you mentioned the long-term, feeling pretty confident about that. When you think, you know, whether it be sophomore, junior, maybe even further, what do you see the long-term potential with him being? And I guess maybe do you agree with the the Wayne Seldon comp? Are there any other maybe KU players that you think of when you see someone like MJ? I
3: can see a little bit of the Wayne Seldon, although I think – Wayne was probably a little bit better ball handler, um, better playmaker for others than MJ. Um, You know, there's not a a recent Kansas player that really jumps off Mm -hmm. or jumps out at me as as a guy like, hey, he he reminds me a lot of this guy because he's a little bit different. Like, I think he's a dude that is probably going to play the two, the three, and the four, Mm -hmm. I would bet, during his time at Kansas because he can, I kind of like the idea of making him a real mismatch for man because a little bit short on it, but there's a lot of small ball fours out there and I think he's strong enough can do enough in the post that you can create kind of a a quickness mismatch and, and a real interesting guy at the four by using him some down there. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him play there a little bit, but to to make a already long answer a little short, I don't have anyone that jumps out at me yeah. as, a, as a recent Kansas player to compare him to. Yeah, and, and I
2: guess long term, like for a ceiling for someone like him, it's clearly going to take time. And if Bill Self, you know, what what is it, two weeks before the season really gets going, is saying, hey, you know, let, let's it, something he said in media day was, hey, his role in November and December is going to be a lot different than it is in February. But if we project down the road, I guess what type of player do you see him being when, if he is if he is able to reach that full potential, what exactly do you feel like that is?
3: Yeah, well, I don't think that full potential realization is is, is for another two or three years down the road. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is not a guy who I think is anywhere near being a one and done or anything like that. I remember a lot of worries from the Kansas fan base about, well, this guy's going to go pro, he's never going to make it to campus, and I was thinking to myself, well you know, where is he going to go pro? Um, Does he have the potential to eventually play pro basketball? Yes. But I think right now the focus is being on, is being a really good big 12 player. You know, I think he's a guy that you could see follow the path of, we've seen this, how guys develop under Bill's self, you know, maybe sophomore year starts to click, you know, be a starter, you know, who knows he could be a starter this year, right? Like, I guess we need to see that. But True. You know, he's a guy that I think, if he's willing to be patient and follow the roadmap that's been been laid, he could he could be an all conference kind of guy and a potential pro. But obviously, that doesn't I don't think that happens in year one. If it does happen in year one, then you know hell he's a lot better than any of us thought he was, and we think he's pretty good.
2: Yeah, and that would mean a lot of really good things I think for this Kansas team too in terms of the overall depth on the wing, and that's something that itself has talked about. I think heading into the season, I, man, you mentioned starters. Center is one of those spots that Bill Self has been pretty upfront that, hey, I really don't know who's going to be our starter, right? With Cam Martin now having an injury, he'll be out for a few weeks. You know, now you're really looking at Ernest Duda, who will hit on next, Zuby for Zach Clements, and KJ Adams. I, For me, the center spot's fascinating. Um, for Ernest in particular, you know, McDonald's All-American big man kind of a seems to me like a kind of a rim running guy that is a really good lob threat watching him over the summer. And some of those scrimmages, you could just see the athleticism that he has and the ability to catch lobs and make plays around the rim. In terms of his high school and what you saw from him on the grassroots circuit, I guess, what type of player is he? It, it's not doesn't seem to me like
3: he's much of a post guy, but what do you kind of see from him on the floor? Yeah, so he's a little bit raw. Um, Obviously big and athletic And like you say he can run rim to rim Catch lobs and stuff like that Um, You know he's He's got to learn some low post footwork He's got to get a, a couple of go to Moves you know be comfortable with the jump hook You know scoring over either Shoulder and Another thing is he's, he's got to learn to use that Size and that length on defense To his advantage Um, You know I know early in practice That they've, they've hoped he would be a little bit More of a rim protector and he's maybe not been quite as much as they were they were hoping for, but I think he's starting to get that and understand that. You know, he's an interesting deal where I, th- I think he deserved to be McDonald's All American, um, you know, because he he earned it. But big guys are going to come along a little slower, and also you you've got different situations in high school. Mm-hmm. You would think you've got a McDonald's All American big guy. He's getting the ball all the time, right? he did not get the ball a lot on his high school team. Um, Like rarely did they throw him the ball. Um, He played with a guard going to Florida, um, Denzel Aberdeen, a guard going to Mississippi state, Riley Kugel, who may be a kind of under the radar sleeper NBA prospect. And those guys kind of like to jacket a little bit. Ah. Okay. So, um, you know, his touches came via offensive rebounds or lobs or the occasional Mm -hmm. low post entry, but he wasn't like the feature guy on offense. You know, if you were going just to scout him, it, it was kind of frustrating in that, hey, I wish this guy would get some more touches. But, you know, on the other hand, it was also like, well, these guards are pretty good. I can I can understand why they're going off. So it's always interesting when you play with multiple other guys and styles and, you know, they made a state championship game where they lost to the Boozer twins. Um, Cameron and Caden, two of the best – Sophomores in the country now. Freshmen last year. Um, sons of sons of Carlos Boozer. But you know, I I, I digress. Um, you know, it's going to be a matter of how quickly he can feel comfortable on offense and how much he can apply what they're teaching him defensively. Um, he's a really he's a really bright kid. He's a hard worker. Um, I think he takes things to heart. Maybe sometimes takes them a little bit to, too much to heart. So you got to be careful not to, you know, lose his confidence and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. But I think he's going to be one of those guys that it's going to take a little bit of time. But once that light kind of clicks, you're going to be like, oh, okay, this is why everyone was so excited about him. Because he definitely has some days where they're like, yes, yes, this is what we want from you. And, you know, I think as the season goes by, you'll see a few more of those.
2: Yeah, I, like they mentioned, it's going to take a little bit of time. I lost track of how many times Bill Self said that during media day on Tuesday when he's talking about whether it be the team as a whole, the freshman as a whole. When you think about Ernest, and I think I agree too, you mentioned the personality, getting to talk to him a little bit you know, during media days and some of the other things that we've done. You get that. He's a good kid, and you can see that it means something to him. When you think about this freshman season and where he kind of fits in on this team, I guess, what do you think the role will look like? It, I look on social media a lot and it's very funny. You see a lot of these projected graphics, who's going to start. And a lot of them are saying, oh, Ernest is going to start. And I'm like, hmm, is he ready for that yet? That's my question, at least, if you meant like things you mentioned, right? Where rim protecting, is he there? Is he there in the post? Bill Self has talked a lot about how KU doesn't really have a great post guy right now. For you and Ernest's role this season, I guess, what do you kind of see that being? And obviously things change, but, you know, how do you kind of see that progression going this year?
3: I don't really know. Um, I don't think they know anything about what they're going to do with the five spot right now. I think that's the most confounding thing that they've got because no one has really stepped up and said, all right, fellas, this this is my deal. You got to come take playing time for me. And until that happens, it's going to be kind of trial by fire and, and five-man by committee. I mean, heck, I won't be surprised if we see Jalen Wilson playing the five mm-hmm. and then just like, hey, let's get our perimeter guys on the floor because that's where our strength is right now and that's where we're most comfortable with. So it's it's going to be interesting. I think you're going to see a lot of tinkering with lineups early on and you know riding hot hands and a lot of maybe some guys who – aren't putting up stats or something like that, but they're doing the little things that maybe uh-huh. us average viewers watching on TV aren't, aren't paying attention for. And we're going to be complaining about it on message boards and things like that. But they're going to be like, Hey, you know what <laughs> girl? Like, I mean, I think they would kill for Landon Lucas right now. You know uh-huh. what I mean? Just someone steady and reliable. That's going to be in the right, right spot. You know, is he, is he, is, he, is he sexy? No. You know, does he have a bunch of stars attached to his name? No, but, you know, he, he was effective and reliable. And I think they're just looking for the guy who can be the most reliable right now is going to get the most minutes.
2: Yep, I totally agree. And So let's do one more at the five and we can do cook with Zuby. I, I thought it was very interesting. Going into the year, I wondered, hey, you know, if there is a guy that's going to redshirt on this team, that's kind of like, oh, it would kind of make sense if it was Zuby. Obviously, Cam Martin doesn't have it. You're going to play Zach and KJ in earnest most likely as well. But then bill self came out and pretty much said it. No, he's not going to register. He's going to play watching him over the summer. I think you see some versatility there with Zuby. Obviously he produced at a super high level at high school, right at Garland. What exactly like is his game? Because it seems like he's more of a Jack of all trades guy to some degree. Maybe I'm wrong in seeing that, but what do you see in his game?
3: I love Zuby. I'm, I'm, I'm a, Zub- I'm a, bit of a Zuby honk. Um, so I'm, I'm, you're viewing these through Bossy is a big fan of Zubia 4 glasses. Um, I think it provides tremendous activity around the rim. Uh, you have to account, of, account for him. He puts pressure on the rim, and you've got to account for him catching lobs, crashing the offensive glass, things of that nature. And that's really, really important to open up the floor. Now, is it always going to be pretty? No, I think his exuberance is going to get the best of him. Sometimes, you know, he's probably going to play a little bit too fast at times. You might try and put the ball on the floor here or there when it's not necessarily what you look for. But with time, you know, the guy's got a pretty clean-looking shot. I do think he's going to be able to knock down some some mid-range jump shots, eventually even maybe get the green light to take an open three here or there. But I just think his overall activity, willingness to be physical, and his athleticism are going to help him find a way on the floor. Um, There's never going to be a question about the effort you're getting out of Zuby. And I think that will earn him a lot of points down the road. And he's a guy that I really think is destined to do really big things before he's done at Kansas. Mm. When you think about
2: the long-term potential, I I look at him and when I watched him over the summer, right. Again, going back to kind of the, the scrimmage, which you don't make much of, right? It's just pick up basketball. But Zuby went out there, and I think he hit three threes, which you mentioned the smooth stroke, and that's exactly what my mind went to right away is, yeah, he showed some of that over the summer. When you look at the long-term development, I'll give you another long-term question, but what exactly, like, is he long-term? It, it seems like he's got a future at the five, but is he someone that would play the four as well?
3: I guess where do you see yeah, things? Yeah, he, he, can, he can play both, Um now, look, I'm not saying Zuby is going to be National Player of the Year and lead his team to within a, you know, seconds maybe of a national championship game, but man, he reminds me an awful lot of Thomas Robinson. Um, body, size, activity level, what they're going to be able to teach him to do in the low post. And, mm-hmm. you know, I could see a really similar kind of trajectory for him
0: Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
2: Definitely. Cool. Well, let's go to some future Jayhawks who aren't quite there yet. Let's get to the 2023 class. Obviously, this is one that really came together, you know, kind of late in the summer, early in the fall. Um, I want to start with Chris Johnson because I think that Obviously, the first commit, but I think his trajectory is fascinating, right? He kind of dipped a little bit in the rankings after the summer, but then goes and has an incredible tournament. What was it? Ten days ago, last week, something like that. Mm-hmm. What, from your perspective, I guess, what exactly is Kansas getting in Chris Johnson, and how would you describe that his game? I know we have talked about a little bit on the message board, but for folks that maybe you know aren't VIPs or are paying attention to it, what exactly like is Chris Johnson's game? <laughs>
3: Boy, that depends who you talk to on our staff at 24-7 because he may be the the single biggest lightning rod for debate um, internally for us when it it comes to doing rankings and who likes who and stuff like that because the talent is evident. Um, He's a big combo guard, has some explosion. He can really create for himself off the dribble. Um, When he gets it rolling from deep, he can put up points in a hurry. Like there's an awful lot to like there, but he's also, you know, he's one of those guys that let's just say if you send him up to bun a guy to second, he's going to call a shot and try and hit a home run. Um, you know, there's no playing it safe. Um, there's no, Hey kind of feel for time and score a little bit sometimes with him. And he's also highly combustible. Um, you know, wears his emotions on his sleeves type guy. Um, so when he's got all that reined in, man, he's spectacular. He looks like a potential NBA player. Um, he certainly looked like a potential NBA player to me out in Las Vegas a couple weeks ago at the Border League, and I think people who watched on online are like that too. And I think the move to Montverde for him is going to be huge. Um, they're not going to put up with any with any stuff from him there. Mm -hmm. and he needs that he really needs that before he gets to college and i think he's getting that and i think you know the early returns are he's adjusting to it and you got to give him credit for that you know um these kids aren't dumb to hear what's said about them around them and he probably knows that people are questioning can he control his emotions and and can he make good decisions and so far so good and i think he deserves a lot of credit for going somewhere that he can work on that. And I think that, you know, he's got the potential to be a really, really dynamic guard for them. And I, you know, he's, he's a, I'll still have some concerns, but to me, I'm, I'm more on the, the, the pro Chris Johnson side now in terms of like, when the debates come, I'll be pushing for him up versus coming out of the summer. I was kind of, I was kind of Switzerland with him. I was kind of like, you know, I see the arguments for him. I see the arguments against him. You know, I've, I've, I've seen him blow up on coaches. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've seen what can happen when the bad Chris Johnson is there, but I've also seen him be unguardable when the good Chris Johnson is there. So the thing is we're getting more and more good Chris Johnson. And mm-hmm. also those self ain't scared of a guy like him. Um, it's taken a lot of guys that people are like, well, what are you doing? You know, how are you going to deal with him? And, and he seems to either, do it. He demands, or, or you're out of there. And if you do what he demands, you end up being pretty darn good. So, you know, I, I think, I think he's a bill self guard and I know they are really, really high on him and excited about getting him. Hmm. Definitely. Well, you mentioned lightning rod amongst
2: the 24 seven staff. I know a player that's probably a lightning rod amongst Kansas basketball fans who follow recruiting and that's Jamari McDowell. Um, Obviously, a super great summer, right? One of the big risers of anyone in this entire class over the summer. Uh, I don't have the the ranking jump in front of me, but that composite grade there probably doesn't reflect where he's at. Yeah, going from you know,
3: two stars to the top 50 in three and a half months. That,
2: that, that's pretty good. So what exactly has contributed to his rise from being the two-star to all of a sudden where you're looking at him being a top 50 player?
3: So he's a, he's a super versatile wing. Um, he can... He can handle the ball a little bit for you as a primary ball handler, although I wouldn't call him a point. Um, He can score off the ball as a primary score with two, or he can also play some out at three. So he's got that ability to switch up and down and play one through three. Um, He's a pretty bright guy, pretty high basketball IQ out there. Um, Does a lot of the little things. And it's interesting because this isn't just a, a debate On the Kansas message boards, this is a funny one where, you know, you'll find a lot of people around Houston area, Texas, um, you know, areas from where he's from who are kind of skeptical about, is he a Kansas level player? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's, it's, it's interesting. Whereas nationally we think pretty highly of him locally. There's a little bit more of a debate. Uh, Obviously there's been some debates on the Kansas message boards. So I think he's pretty good. Um, you know, like me personally, I would disagree with us having him ranked over Chris Johnson. Um, mm. I, I I would take Chris over Jamari, but also when they played on the same team together at the end of the summer I, after Chris Johnson left JL3 on the Nike YBL circuit and moved to the Houston Defenders on the Under Armour circuit, um, you know, Jamari outplayed him. So there's that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah.
2: For sure, and I'll get to a big-picture question after this, but, oh, Marco, I think for me, for my money, that's a huge get to have a point guard like that that screams Bill Self point guard, right? Downhill guy, really good ex- explosiveness. What exactly do – you, do you agree with the, the sense that he is a Bill Self point guard? Does he remind oh. you of anyone in the past that comes to mind?
3: Gosh, I don't know if there's like a a great comparison because I've said he's got a little bit of Devon Dotson to him, um, but he's obviously much bigger and he's not quite the scorer that Devon was. Like Devon was really an in your face attacking, attacking, attacking scorer. Um, You know, got in the lane at will and stuff like that. But uh, Marco is a guy that definitely, from, from the second they saw him in April, I think it was really, he played an event in Kansas City and. Norm Roberts was there watching and really, really took a strong liking to him and they, they made him a main target. And he was a guy like that they had to have no matter what as Kings went. And I, I stressed that on the message force too. Is with each step of the summer and into the fall, things went along. He was the guy that like, we got to have this dude. And, you know, he could play the one, he could play the two. I think he's coming into a pretty ideal situation because I don't imagine DeJuan Harris is going anywhere. Before next season. And he's so a perfect guy for El Marco to play with because he's going to relieve a lot of pressure on him with making decisions and just allow him to get downhill and, and do what he does. But man, that kid's a stud. He's a stud on the floor. He's a stud off the floor. Yeah. Bright kid, big personality. Um I just can't see any world where like the Kansas fan base doesn't just totally fall in love with this kid yeah. d- with what he does on the floor and with how he carries himself off of it.
2: Yeah. I mean, I've not, I've never talked to you all Marco, but you watch the commitment video, right. That we did with him uh, live and you can pick up on that. Just the personality, I think for you, when you look at these guys then as a whole class, and this will be our last question, I'll let you get out of here. How do you feel like these guys fit? Cause this is something that I think you had hit on the message board. I wrote about a little bit is that these guys all seem to be able to play together. If that point in time comes you know, next year, two years down the road, when you look at the long term fit for these guys, how do you feel like they fit as a trio, and then with kind of the expected returners on next year's team as
3: well? I think they fit together really, really well. Um, I'm thinking about these guys as, as as sophomores playing together, and and some as freshmen too, and, and potentially down the road. Because I don't, I don't think any of these guys is a, is a one and done type guy, but you never know. I mean, there's inevitably going to be 15 to 20 freshmen every year that leave for the NBA and certainly it wouldn't be a stretch to see Al Marco or Chris eventually being one of those types of guys or, or, you know, just saying, Hey, what the heck, I'm going to give a shot here. So short term is the question because I guess we don't know who's going to be back, you know, um, you know, does does Joseph Yesufu take a big leap this year and then is coming back and doing anything? Or do some of these guys maybe look to transfer? You know, you just never know. I mean, yeah. the fact of the matter is, it'd be foolish to think that there aren't going to be a couple of transfers at the end of the year on any team in the country. And whether that's big guys, perimeter guys, who knows. But the roster that these guys have committed to and are signing to is probably going to be a lot different than the one that they join. That's just the fact of college basketball these days. So it's hard to know too much until we actually see who's in place. But uh-huh. I, I, I think it's going to be darn near impossible to keep on Marco off the floor as a freshman. Like it's going to be really, really tough just because he, he's going to, he's just going to demand it um, with his play and, and what he does on a daily basis and how good of a fit I think he is. You know, if Chris Johnson keeps trending like he is, that guy's going to play an awful lot too. And, mm. you know, I look at a, I said, yes, or you, you got Kyle cuff or whatever, you know, these guys are just more talented than those guys. The guys coming in are more talented than the guys there. So it's yeah. going to be, is talent or experience going to Trump? And, you know, I think that with a Marco and Chris, they've got the kind of talent that could Trump experience, but yeah. you know, we'll see, you know, is, is Grady back, you know, is MJ rice, Back like we think he should be, you know. A lot to find out because it could be a really crowded perimeter next year. But again, like I yeah. said, it's college basketball. It's full. It's foolish to, to you know, really be worrying about. Oh, where are the minutes going to come from right now? Because it's just more than likely the roster is going to look different than it does today.
2: One hundred percent, and I mean, K was an outlier too over this past season, right? I think they're one of like very few schools that did not have anyone transfer out. And yeah. you play the odds, and the odds are that's not going to happen back to back years. It doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. it's just how it works. Yeah,
3: yeah. it's it. They are odd, the, but but they do have a team that has transfers, you know. So we we saw what happened, you know, two summers ago when yeah. there was all, when it was transfer city, right? So, you know, and a big guy that they're relying on is Kevin McCar. Like you just don't see teams that I think, I don't know if they're the only team in the country, but you, if you look at UCLA, they are the extreme outlier. Not only did they not have anyone transfer out, they didn't have anyone transferring. They don't have a single transfer on their roster, wow. which is, I can't imagine there's many other, if any other teams in the country that don't have a single transfer on their roster. So it it just is what it is. You know, it's, with NIL, there's going to be guys hitting the transfer portal to test the waters and test the market, <laughs> free agency more or less. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, we just got to wait and see what happens. But, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure internally they've got a lot better handle on who's going to be there and who isn't than, than we know. And, you know, I don't want to speculate too much because I don't, I don't need an angry phone call from someone in the basketball offices saying, hey, man, you said this. People are saying this is happening. I'm like, no, that's not what I said. But, you know, you just got to expect it. There's going to be some changes. And whatever those changes are going to be, Bill Self, Norm Roberts, Jeremy Case, Kurt Townsend, they got a hell of a lot better idea of what's happening than we do. And there's a reason that they focused on premier players.
2: Yep, exactly. I totally agree. Well, Eric, thanks a bunch for coming on. For anyone looking to follow Eric on Twitter, you can at eBoss, B-O-S-S, hoops. Follow him on Twitter. He's obviously doing a bunch with recruiting on the 24-7 Sports main website. He's also super involved on the Fog.net VIP message board. Thanks a bunch, Eric, for coming on. We'll have to get you on again a little bit later in the season. Yeah, appreciate you having me on, Michael.
3: From producers Matt Damon and Ben
1: Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo. Thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+.
0: Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply.